the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. We must carefully, deliberately, and thoughtfully select the right kind of man. And you really see this come through elsewhere later on in the pastoral epistles in 2 Timothy 2.2. And you see Paul talking to Timothy about the care that he must take in entrusting this ministry to those who would come after him in calling co-laborers alongside him. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every dragon will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so grateful that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the program. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, we are continuing with Pastor Keith's series entitled Church Matters. So if you have your Bibles... Please turn with us today to the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 5. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. Father, we thank you for this day. This is a day that you have made, a day that we can rejoice and be glad in. It's the Lord's Day where we look back and remember the resurrection and we look forward and look forward to the second coming. Father, help us in the meantime to fulfill the Great Commission to take your message out to a world that needs it. Help us to equip ourselves to do so, to do your business your way, Lord, so to speak, uh, as we study church matters in the pastoral epistles. Father, we commit this time to you, we commit our hearts to you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. A friend of mine has decided to foster, to uh, become a foster parent. And I spoke with him on the phone this week, and becoming a foster parent during COVID-19 is not an easy thing. He already has, God bless him, five children. He and his wife live in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, That's Louisville, for those of you who don't speak the language. Uh, And uh, they're, they're getting ready, and so they have filled out questionnaires, they have answered questions, they have been through evaluations, background checks. And one of the last things they did online or virtually was the home inspection. So he had to take his little uh, smartphone 
and go through his house and narrate every nook and cranny and corner of that house. He said it was really weird, felt uncomfortable, him and his wife together. You couldn't turn it off or anything like that. It had to be continual, so there was no editing or anything like that. And it was just amazing. And he said it was just, it was kind of intrusive, you know, and they just like left no stone unturned. Why was that? Why did they do that? Because when it comes to turning a child over to a family that's not his own, to shepherd his or her life, to take care of her until she can be placed, or maybe even to adopt her, you can't be hasty with that kind of thing. Because there are people who have the wrong motives and the wrong mindsets, the wrong worldviews, who would be a danger to a, a, a child or even a young adult placed in their care. And so you have to be careful. And so the state says, and rightly so, not so fast. Let us check things out. This is the way it should be. An agency choosing someone to shepherd a life should not be hasty in what it does. Everyone must be scrutinized, carefully vetted. There's no question about that. Haste would make waste. Haste could mean harm. Haste could mean abuse and death, or at minimum, neglect in some cases, because the incalculable harm that the wrong shepherd would bring to a situation or a circumstance like that cannot be underestimated. And so the process cannot be rushed. No one can afford to be careless. Everybody has to be careful. Because we've all heard the horror stories, haven't we? And those stories are real, they are material, they are heartbreaking. So it's with this kind of caution and awareness that the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 5 speaks to Timothy about choosing shepherds, about ordaining elders, about laying hands on someone within the church of Jesus Christ. And today, Our message is entitled, Not So Fast. It's about the selection. It's about the ordination, the nomination of elders. And so we return to 1 Timothy 5 today, which is pretty much about elders. And we've been looking at it now for a while. And what we have here is a discussion of the selection of those who will lead the church of Jesus Christ. And so if you will, if you haven't already, turn with me to 1 Timothy 5 21 to 25 and I'll read it as you follow along in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging doing nothing from partiality do not be hasty in the laying on of hands nor take part in the sins of others Keep yourselves pure. Some translations say keep yourself free from sin. Verse 23, no longer drink water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. The sins of some people are conspicuous, going before them to judgment, but the sins of others appear later. So also good works are conspicuous, and even those that are not cannot remain hidden. So what's going on here? Let me just sort of walk you through the passage quickly and then we'll drill down deep. Again, verse 21, as we talked about last week, is a transitional verse that looks back to the previous commands about not receiving a charge against an elder and looks forward to the coming commands. 
And so it, it says, keep, I charge you, I charge you, I command you to keep these rules, not these guidelines, not these suggestions, these rules without prejudging, objectively, without partiality. And then, and, and, and he says, uh, do not be hasty in verse 22. Don't rush into ordaining, or ordaining anybody as elders. It doesn't matter what their positions are in the community. It doesn't matter how rich and famous or how poor and infamous they are. You know, don't do anything from partiality. Watch them carefully. Scrutinize them wisely, deliberately, thoroughly. Because if you don't, you're going to participate in whatever mayhem they might bring. Therefore, keep yourselves free from sin. The sin of calling them hastily. The sins that you're going to be an accessory after the fact for, perhaps. Keep yourselves pure, on track, objective. And then you get to verse 23. And that's another verse for another day. There's so much in verse 23. There is. This is one of the verses that people use to talk about the cessation of the apostolic gift of healing. Because Paul couldn't or didn't heal Timothy. Instead, he says, drink some wine with your water to keep your stomach in order. And by this time, you know, he'd left Trophimus sick at Miletus and you know, the, the Galatian epistles where he's got this eye condition that he, he can't wrestle through. And so, but we won't get into that today. But that's a, that's a big verse. I would also say that verse 23, with all the responsibility that Paul is giving Timothy, my stomach would be a mess too. All right. And then verse 24 is where he says, just slow down, step back. The sins of some people are going to be really obvious. Others, not so much. And the same is true of the good things, of the good character of an individual. But sometimes you have a sort of a backstage individual whose character isn't good initially, but over time you see it. And that's what's going on in verses 24 and 25. So when we look at this passage... We see the Apostle Paul, or rather the Holy Spirit through the pen of the Apostle Paul, saying, when it comes to the selection of elders, not so fast. Go slow. So today what I want to do with you, I want us to look into this text and really latch on to three considerations from the context here, from the contents of this text. And the first thing I'd like us to consider is the command. It's a negative command. That's important because it really talks about the intensity or the importance of this command. Verse 22, do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, in ordaining, in selecting, or affirming elders. And then it says, nor, another negative command, take part in the sins of others. And then there's the positive command, keep yourselves free from sin. This translation, the ESV says, pure. We are to be careful in the selection of elders. Do not be hasty, nor take part in the sins of others, speaks to the gravity of that decision and the entire decision process. It's, you know, you really do see the parallel with choosing foster parents, don't you? Because an elder is sort of a spiritual foster parent. They're not your physical parents, but they're your spiritual parents, like a legal guardian. And like their process, you can't choose just anyone. Not just anyone can be chosen. We cannot be in a hurry. We can't afford to be. Lives and eternities are at stake. 
And such choices have real consequences for them if they're not the right person because they'll eventually have to be removed or they'll do real harm. And so that's the sins of others and the impact upon the church and causing others to stumble. And so this decision has an impact on all of us and on the and on all of you, on all of the fellow elders, and on all of you as members of the body of Christ at Hillside Church. And so we cannot be hasty. We must be carefully careful, and we must carefully, deliberately, and thoughtfully select the right kind of man. And you really see this come through elsewhere later on in the pastoral epistles in 2 Timothy 2.2. And you see Paul talking to Timothy about the care that he must take in entrusting this ministry to those who would come after him in calling co-laborers alongside him. And in 2 Timothy 2.2 we read this. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust, entrust to faithful men. What kind of faithful men? Who will be able to teach others apt to teach who will be able to teach others also. Now, what does he mean by faithful men? What's what's implicit, and I would say explicit here in the text? Faithful men are men who have been tried and tested and shown themselves to be reliable and true. Capable, faithful, trustworthy. Faithful men who have a reputation for integrity and are capable of leadership, of wisely executing, if you want to put it this way, the office of elder. You see this principle really, Old Testament to new. This is not a new principle. These are eternal and timeless truths, and they don't change with the culture. If you look with me at Exodus 18.21, let me set this up for you. Moses is leading the people, and he's trying to do it all alone. And he's wearing himself out. And his father-in-law, Jethro, comes to him and says, what is this you're doing? You're going to wear yourself out of the people. No one can do it alone. Just like Timothy couldn't do it alone. He needed fellow elders. Just like Paul. Just like Peter, when he writes in uh, 1 Peter 5, as your fellow elder. And so Jethro kind of takes hold of Moses and says, look, you can't do this. And then we have verse 21 in chapter 18 of Exodus. He says, moreover, look for able men. Seek for able men. That's implicit in that is not to be hasty. Look for able men from all the people. There's a big universe to choose from. What kind of men? Men who fear God, men who revere God, and men who are afraid of God. Because you don't want to displease God. Men who are trustworthy. And who hate a bribe and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands and hundreds and fifties and tens. Exodus 18, 21. You know what? This involved a process. He just didn't go out and say, hey, who's your buddy? Who thinks like I do? No, they're looking. They have a solid criteria and they're going to have to search through it. At this point, Israel numbered about two million You're going to have to carefully look for traits. We are commanded to be careful. We are commanded to be thoughtful. I charge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus and the elect angels to keep these rules without prejudging or partiality. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands. 
We are to deliberately choose able men who fear God, who are trustworthy, who are not respecters of persons, who are not going to be intimidated, who are not uh, lovers of money, it says in 1 Timothy 3. And therefore, we need to be certain about these people. Again, these aren't guidelines. These aren't suggestions. These are commands. That that, that term, I charge you, the word charge there speaks to a military order in verse 21, 1 Timothy 5, 21. Before God, in the presence of God, and of Christ Jesus, and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. There are no shortcuts. There are no favorites. So we want to be certain that they're first tested, right? We want to look closely at them. There are first and second and third impressions. That's implicit in the text and the context here. We want to be clear not to be hasty. We go back to verse 22. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. You know, it's like this. A lot of times in some churches, they want to choose, for lack of a better descriptive term, the big man on campus. He's a pillar in the community. He's a CEO. He's a supervisor. He's an organizational head. He's a medical doctor. That's not what we're choosing. We're choosing shepherds. We're choosing soul doctors. We're choosing elders. And we are choosing them from among supervisors and engineers and accountants and educators and CEOs and supervisors and plumbers and law enforcement and educators. We're not choosing them because that's what they are, but that's who we're choosing them from because they meet the criteria of God's word. So that first concern is to be very careful, right? Which brings us from the command to the costs. Our second concern has to do with costs. Let's talk about the costs that are implicit and explicit in this text. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands and here are the costs. Nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. Again, some translations say free from sin. Therefore, you have got to choose the right kind of leader because of the cost of collateral damage. You know, in military operations, we have collateral damage. That's when a bomb goes off and kills the bad people, but the shrapnel radiates outward through a kill zone and wounds other people unintended. There are unintended consequences of every choice and decision that we make. And the sins of others talks about what happens when you choose the wrong man for the wrong reason in the wrong way. He is going to sin. You're going to be accountable for that sin. Others are going to be caused to stumble. Maybe he is a a loud mouth. Maybe he's a bit of a brute. Maybe he's a hothead. Maybe he's a lover of money. Maybe he drinks too much. And others are going to stumble. And those who were involved in the selection of that man are culpable for the collateral damage of his conduct. This is a weighty, weighty, weighty choice. And we know from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 and forward, there are those who have an unhealthy interest in myths, 
and endless genealogies and harbingers and all kinds of crazy things and they will lead others astray by not keeping the main thing the main thing. Keep yourselves as you make these choices free from sin. Costs vary. Costs are grave. There is direct damage to our individual and collective witness. There is damage to our worship. There is damage to the the good name and witness of the church and the good name of Jesus Christ. And that's why we are commanded not to be hasty, to say not so fast, to take it good and slow. Let me give you a, a, a poster child for the wrong decision that God made somewhere, somehow. And that poster child is a name well known to all of us, right on the tips of our tongues, no doubt, Diotrephes. Maybe not. But he is a poster child for choosing the wrong man. Where do we find him? Third John. Third John 9 and 10. Who is this guy? Well, Paul is writing to Timothy. After Timothy leaves, Apollos is going to come and pastor the church. And after Apollos leaves, John, the author of the Gospel of John, the author of Revelation, and the author of the Johannine epistles, 1st and 2nd and 3rd John, is going to come and he's going to pastor. He's going to be the elder there. And then Diotrephes is going to show up at some point thereafter, shortly before, shortly around between 90 and 100 A.D. And look what John, the beloved apostle, says in 3 John 9 through 10. I have written the church, I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, who does not acknowledge, does not acknowledge our authority, So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us, resisting the apostolic ministry, and not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want want to and puts them out of the church. This guy is impeding ministry. This guy is causing all sorts of trouble. He's on a power trip. He's harmed. This is the church at Ephesus. 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John is written of the church of Ephesus. 1st and 2nd Timothy written of the church of Ephesus. And he's writing about this man who's not listening to what John has to say. Who's not, when a, when a missionary comes through, he doesn't want anybody to help them. And he puts people out of the church. He, he pulls that church discipline maneuver a little too hasty. And he's harming the church and its ministry. And all this is at a critical time in the history of the church of Ephesus. And also in the history of the fledgling infant Christian church. And this is a strategic church in a strategic location at a strategic time. And somehow this guy got through the process and is in the process of derailing things. And when you read the letter of the seven churches, you see that, you know, he might have had kind of a long-lasting effect on the church at Ephesus. So we are not to be hasty and share in the sins of others. We to keep ourselves free from sin by not choosing the wrong kind of man. Paul warned the Ephesian elders in Acts about this very thing. In Acts chapter 20, verses 28 to 31, 
He warned them then and there and all of us here and now about how serious the business of ordaining elders is. Look what he says here in Acts 20, 28 to 31. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. Verse 29. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you. So there are outsiders who are going to attack the church, not sparing the flock. Pastor Keith Crosby with today's Grace to Live radio broadcast. We are so grateful that you've chosen to spend this time with us today here on the program. And if you have questions about today's show, or if you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Keith, then I would encourage you to visit our website, hillsidechurch.org. There you can listen to past sermons and other content from Pastor Keith just by clicking the Sermon Archive tab. And you can also find links to Pastor Keith's blog, as well as the Out of My Mind podcast. The website is also a great place to connect with us here at Hillside. You can find information on our service times, ministry opportunities, and of course you can browse our calendar of upcoming events. Again, all this and much, much more can be found by visiting our website, hillsidechurch.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time on Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves, and on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you, and thanks for listening. Thank you.